0: Hey everyone, today we're cozying up with Katherine Ramirez. She is the Executive Director of Alumni Development and Continuing Education at GIA, which is the Gemological Institute of America, where me and Kyle actually met, so Diamond School. We chat about her career in jewelry and also tips and advice on how to break into the industry. Welcome to cozying up with the clear cut where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us today we are sitting down with Catherine Ramirez she is the executive director of alumni development and continuing education at GIA and was previously the director of global business development at GIA as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. We get so many um, inquiries and people reaching out asking, you know, how I got into the jewelry industry. What is GIA? um, How, you know, someone that has no background in jewelry can break into the industry. And I'd love to, you know, dive a little deeper on your background and also any tips you may have for aspiring women that want to go into the jewelry business. So
1: from a very young age, I had a passion for gemstones, had a passion for pretty jewelry and um, and loved working in my family's business. And so after college, um, my father said, if you really want to pursue a, a career in the jewelry industry, the best thing you can do for yourself is to get your graduate gemologist from GIA. And... Um, He had done the correspondence, what we refer to as e-learning now, um, but he had done correspondence back in the 60s and said, you know, you really, you should go and do this in person. And so um, at the time, our headquarters, which are now in Carlsbad, California, were actually in Santa Monica. Um, I grew up in Texas, and so I thought, what a perfect place (laughs) to end up on the beach in California and um, pursue um, learning about gemstones. And so I packed my car, drove to California, um, took my uh, GIA courses, and decided I wasn't quite ready to um, return. And so I thought, you know, I, I need some experience, especially anyone who's um, moving into working for, for family. I think that the best thing I did for myself was to, to try to work for someone else and see what I could learn. And I had an opportunity to um, join Tiffany and Company. Um, and uh, what I thought was going to be a one year stint um, turned into about 28 years. So, <laughs> you know, the, the the advice that I always give to someone is, you know, get all the education that you can and take every opportunity that you can, because you never know where that will lead you um, in this industry.
0: So for those who aren't as familiar, you know, can you explain like, what is GIA? What do they do? Why um, would you choose GIA over a different lab or a different school if, you know, someone was interested in going there?
1: GIA, actually GIA is celebrating, we're celebrating our 90th anniversary this year. Wow. And um, GIA is the founder of the four C's. So what we use for diamond grading was um, created and um, has been, we've been teaching about the four C's and it really has turned into the international grading standard. And so um, diamonds around the world, um, retailers around the world um, use the four C's. And so um, GIA was was created um, as a a laboratory to help identify and grade gemstones and then also um, as a school. And so we have campuses now all around the world but we started in in, uh, the U.S., uh, and um, we offer training for anyone who is interested in learning about gemstones. We also have um, jewelry manufacturing and design courses, and so it is a place to um, learn about gemstones, how to identify gemstones, how to grade gemstones. Um, as I said, we're a, we're a nonprofit. Um, our our, our Diamonds and colored stones are graded at our laboratories all over the world. But what makes GIA, I think, so unique and different from every other school and or laboratory in the industry is our research. Um, we have a team of over 50 um, researchers who are constantly studying um, it, Gem treatments, they're studying um, uh, with all the laboratory grown um, um, colored stones and diamonds out there. They're 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 focusing on that. They're on site Um, when gemstones are being discovered. They're in the mines with miners. We um, are are looking at every aspect of every gemstone out there. And then that research is what um, our education is based off of. So it's constantly evolving, constantly changing. Any of the, the latest things happening um, that we've determined through our research get put right into education and, and also into, into the laboratory. So we're, we're a global organization and um, have trained um, our, our alumni base is over one hundred and fifty five thousand people at this point and growing every day every year Um, so many many people have been trained and educated um, through GIA
0: awesome Um, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen in the jewelry industry since you've been in it and what are you know some trends that you think will stay for the long run So certainly
1: um, styles change and 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 jewelry is um, hopefully a a lot of it very timeless, but also it's fashionable. And so there are times certainly over the years where you see um, preferences for white metal or yellow metal or rose gold. And I think that's the same with certain gemstones, um, certain shaped diamond rings and you know, is it a, a, a round in a very simple setting or is it something that has a halo around it? So those those styles change. And one of the things that, it, that I learned early on and um, continued to guide people when they were looking to buy jewelry is for certain pieces. For example, a, a wedding ring, an engagement ring, um, sometimes having something that is um, a a little bit more of a timeless design is better than, you know, the, the, the most trendy of things. Um, you know, save those for your earrings or your pendants or your bracelets. Um, but a piece of jewelry that you potentially are wearing every day for the rest of your life, um, sometimes simple is 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 more elegant and, and something you you don't get tired of. Um, over the years, probably the biggest change that I've seen in people purchasing jewelry has to do with um, maybe female self-purchasers. We talk a lot about that, but jewelry has always been um, a, a, a way to ordain and, and sort of um, give gifts. It's, it's got sentimental value. Um, people feel very special when they're wearing um, beautiful pieces. And I think a lot of women had a hard time, felt a little guilty, like they shouldn't buy it for themselves. Um, they would have no trouble going and buying an expensive handbag or, a, a you know, beautiful pair of shoes. But to go and spend even that same amount of money on a piece of jewelry um, for some reason wasn't something that, that women did, you know, 10, 15 years ago as often as they do today. And so I think a lot of the marketing and, and, and a lot of the, the way in which um, our, our jewelry industry has evolved is to, to really focus on the fact that a purchaser can be an individual purchasing for themselves and not just as a gift.
0: Yes, definitely. We've seen that even in the past couple of years here that rare couples come in together and work on their engagement rings together now from start to finish. Women will like contribute financially even. So there's been like huge shifts, I think, even in the last five years. Absolutely. Um, you know, the one thing that I, I used to always
1: share with a couple if they were Absolutely, you know, looking at it together, sometimes purchasing it together. As I said, just make sure that there's still a special moment for that engagement proposal. Because the one question that someone always asks is, well, how did it happen? <laughs> what was the proposal all about? So I said, you know, the ring and what it looks like might not be as much of a surprise today, but it doesn't mean that you can't still have those special occasions. Um, and, and be able to document and share fun stories for years to come.
0: Definitely is for the memories. It is, it is. Hey everyone, Olivia here. Hope you're enjoying our episode. Our clear cut collection features fine jewelry pieces inspired and designed with you in mind. Our collection is ever changing and each piece is handmade and made to order here in New York City. Don't forget to check it out and use the code COZY, C-O-Z-Y, for free shipping on any purchase. Have you seen any um, big shifts in the jewelry retail space specifically? you know, how people, how retail has been operating or working or how customers are interacting with retail. I know there's been a lot of shift from like traditional brick and mortar to more of like an online business. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Right. Um, well, certainly um, there had been a, a shift coming. And I think this has, has been a trend that we've been seeing with more and more online um, purchases of of jewelry I think initially um, most people looked online um, for information, for knowledge. They did, their, they did their homework. They did their research. What is it that I want to go and look and see and wh- who carries it? And then they would still make the trip to the brick and mortar jewelry store to, to try on things. And I, I don't think that will ever go away. Um, There's absolutely um, uh, an opportunity for a brick and mortar business to still flourish. But what I think has happened, and and COVID just expedited this a little bit more so, is the fact that people are very comfortable um, buying online without seeing it um, in person or trying it on. Because technology has allowed us to be able to share it online. There are you know, wonderful apps out there where you can almost put the piece of jewelry on you. You can you know, have a, a video conference you know, call, a Zoom call with a client and, and, and share a full collection and put it on someone else so they can see the scale of it. It's no longer just, you know, uh, e- emailing back and forth pictures <laughs> of an item and, and suggesting things over the telephone. So I do think that that's a, a trend that's here to stay. Um, there will always be an opportunity, though, for people to want to go and create and do things in person. And um, I, I, I do think that the online opportunity has helped many more people enter the jewelry industry. So before, when the cost of having to have a brick and mortar location might have been prohibitive for someone to open their own business, um, now there's a lot of different ways to do that.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, what is a piece of advice you would give to, um, you know, a young woman or anyone really graduating from GIA, getting their GG for their next step in their career? I know when I graduated, I was a little bit confused on what direction I should head in. Where did I fit in the jewelry industry? Um, so I think a lot of uh, people graduating, um, you know, don't really know what is the best first move in their career to kick off their, if they're starting new in jewelry.
1: It is. And and I, I always um, would say to someone, you know, ask a lot of questions. It, it is, um, there are so many people in this industry that are willing to share their story, that are willing to share their experience and their advice. And sometimes you just need to ask. Especially in today's world, there's a lot of great organizations where you can, um, you know, whether it's a formal mentoring um, opportunity or it's just networking opportunities. But I think that that is critical, Um, whether it's GIA Alumni Association and making sure that you connect in with with um, colleagues living in whatever city or area or market that you're in or, you know, it's WJA or one of the other industry groups, there are um, organizations that will help to introduce you to people. And um, the other thing I would say is, you know, take that opportunity. Sometimes getting your foot in the door, if you've had a dream of working for, whether it's a You know, in the retail industry or wholesale or design, and you have an opportunity to work side by side with someone um, to to learn and um, experience the industry with someone, um, take advantage of it. It, You you shouldn't always expect that you're coming right out of school. And is the same for just college graduation as opposed to just gemology. Um, so you may not always land your, your dream job first, but Absolutely. as long as you're learning in each role that you take and you're taking, you know, you're going to take that knowledge and experience with you. I think that's, that's the most important thing is take that risk, take that leap of faith and, um, uh, and, 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 go to work with somebody or be mentored with someone in the industry.
0: And, you know, the worst that can happen is you find out that something that you don't want to do, which is almost just as important as figuring out what you do want to do.
1: So true. So true. <laughs> um, I think we've all all been in that position at some point in our lives where you, you you thought that you were headed down the path. This is what you've always worked towards. And all of a sudden you say, wait a minute, that's that's not what I thought it was going to be about. And so um giving yourself the opportunity to explore is really great.
0: And I also think there're just so many more opportunities in the jewelry industry now with the internet and you know online purchasing. Even when I graduated from GAA, I remember asking my professor what I should do and I was like oh either retail or work in the lab or maybe in wholesale so I had to like figure out one of those three but now um with social media and um you know the the internet I think like what I do now I never would have even envisioned as a possibility when I was at GIA so just knowing like you can pave your own career path too you're not limited to anything
1: so true. There are so many different aspects. I mean, I, I look at just my career where I I grew up in a family in the jewelry business and I, I enjoy retail. I love meeting people. I love helping people. And um, through my my role with Tiffany's, I had an opportunity to train. And so I realized that I loved doing that sort of thing, too. And, um, you know, working now at GIA, I never dreamed that I would have an opportunity now to be, um, heading up our alumni association. And that to me is, is a whole new opportunity in the jewelry industry. I'm not selling jewelry any longer. I'm I'm helping people in the industry. So if you have a passion for teaching or you have a passion for design or you have a a passion for, you know, social media, you're right. There is something that you can do within the industry and and follow all of those, um, you know, the the things that really make you tick, Um, the things you love doing. That's what you need to pursue. And and you can tie jewelry into that.
0: Awesome. I have a question um, that just came to me. Sure. So there's been a huge rise in popularity um, and availability of like lab grown diamonds, lab created diamonds. I know gemstones have been around for, you know, many, many years, but we get a ton of inquiries about them. Um, What are your you know, what's your perspective on the longevity or, um, you know, what are your thoughts on the lab grown diamonds coming into the market?
1: It definitely is something that I would say just in the last couple of years, um, I have seen a real increase in um, consumer acceptance and consumer questioning, even um, um, acknowledgement of of, uh, lab-grown diamonds and colored stones, as you said, um, being in the marketplace. And I do think that that they're, they're here to stay. The important thing is that those in the industry, those that are selling gemstones are knowledgeable about both, that they're knowledgeable about what is required to detect the difference. And probably from a consumer standpoint, it becomes even more critical that when you were buying jewelry, that you were buying gemstones and jewelry from someone you can trust. And that's uh, what would, would always have been my advice is to um, make sure that you're you're working with, you know, a, a, a reputable authority expert, someone that is is trained um, when you're buying an expensive piece of jewelry. But really critical in today's world um that that someone that you're working with understand how to detect and it's about disclosure so i believe there's there's a place in in the market for um i mean there's natural um diamonds mined diamonds the what it requires to find them facet them put them into a piece of jewelry, it is the most incredible story out there. And I, I hope that um, with the rise of laboratory-grown diamonds, um, that now there's a story to be told about both. There's a there's a fabulous natural diamond story and there's there's also a story about laboratory-grown. And um, as long as, as people are disclosing And sharing what it is that they're selling and and people know what they're buying, um, I think that it's here to stay. Uh, GIA, the four C's were founded really on the rarity of each grade. Mm -hmm. And so that was a little bit of a struggle for us to think about using the four C's with laboratory grown diamonds, because the rarity, uh, scale is, is very different. um, when you think about, um, something that took, you know, two weeks or two months to produce versus, you know, millions, billions of years to, uh, you, you know, have, have been created. And so we just recently really this fall, um, introduced a a new grading report and have, um, we do give a specific grade to laboratory grown diamonds. And the reason that we did that is because our mission, GIA's mission is to protect the, you know, gem buying public, to protect consumers. And if consumers are now more accepting, then we need to help them know the differences. And so, um, it, it is something that we, we pay very close attention to. We, um, our, our laboratory has been growing lab grown diamonds and treating them since the fifties. And so we need to stay on top of it, which we continue to do.
0: Awesome. So there will be a different category for lab grown and its own category for mind. Not one is going to take over the other. Right. I
1: don't think so at all. Um, there is a, there is a a place for both.
0: Awesome. We only work with natural, but. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, so in terms of your personal jewelry pieces, since you have been in the industry for so long, do you have some of your favorite jewelry pieces that are extra special to you and why? I do. And,
1: um, you know, I think
0: there's there's pieces that are have been
1: passed down to me. So I uh, mentioned I grew up in a family in the jewelry business, and so I have um, some very special pieces that were you know family pieces, and um, I, I I cherish them. The pieces that um, I probably wear the most are things that, funny enough, I've I've actually purchased either for myself as a as a self purchaser or, or or have been given to me, um, for, for various occasions. Um, I, I, I'm a diamond girl. (laughs) I, 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 I absolutely love diamonds. Um, having worked for Tiffany's for so many years, I, uh, do have a nice collection. Um, most recently, especially this last week, I've been, I'm um, pulling out every piece of, of Elsa Peretti Tiffany jewelry that I ever purchased, and um, really celebrating what an incredible designer um, Elsa was, and um, what what creations um, she she really um, provided not just in jewelry but for the home. Um, she was a designer that made diamonds at the time, daytime jewelry. And that sounds kind of funny to say, but, um, she, her diamonds by the yard were, um, this, this design that were meant to be the sprinkle of diamonds and they, the diamonds didn't have to be for evening jewelry. They, they could be worn by females all day long casually or for more formal occasions.
0: Awesome. Um- well, I think that's everything um, that I wanted to ask. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to touch upon? Um, no,
1: I think um, the, the GIA Alumni Association is um, a, a, an opportunity for us to really grow our networking opportunities, our engagement with our alumni One of the things that we have, um, we're we're putting together is these continuing education seminars. So we'll continue to offer right now virtually. So you can join in from anywhere in the world, but we'll go back to doing in person as well as I think keeping some some virtual seminars going. We'll make sure that topics that are, are, are new in the industry, that we're providing a way for Um, anyone to stay on on top of um, their gemology training. And we want to find ways to connect people. So we were talking about people that are brand new in the industry and how do you get your start and what advice. Look to the the Alumni Association and many of the meetings that the local chapters host, um, they welcome anyone. So you don't have to be um, a, an alum to attend these seminars or go to a meeting, get to know people. And I, in, in my role and with the alumni team um, that we've got in place now, our goal is to find ways to help people engage and network and stay connected. And so that's gonna be something that we're working on um, for the rest of this year and beyond.
0: Awesome. And I hope this conversation, you know, leads people that may have not known how to get their first step into the jewelry industry to know more about GIA and the opportunities that they offer um, to kickstart their career in jewelry.
1: Yes, we, we welcome everyone.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, so where can um, people find out about the Alumni Association if they want to sign up for GIA courses? Where are the best places to um, go for that? So the
1: GIA website, which is gia.edu, you will find everything. And so there is information about obviously the laboratory services that we offer, um, all of the education we offer on-campus courses, as well as e-learning courses. And you'll find alumni information there as well. So you'll find a um, there's links to our continuing education under alumni and um, a place to just, you know, put an inquiry in and, and we'll get back to them. But we, we welcome questions. We're happy to connect anyone who is looking to um, learn about gemology, jewelry, manufacturing, design. Um, we're here to help everyone in the industry.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. This was really inspiring and eye-opening and hope to talk to you soon.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Olivia. I appreciate it. Nice to speak with you.
0: I hope the conversation was really informative for all my future jewelers out there. And for anyone who's just interested in learning more about gemstones and diamonds, now you know where you can get some free resources at GIA.